What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Final Cut Podcast, where this week we are going to talk about WAPs. And we're not talking about wet-ass pussies. We're talking about wild-ass peninsula. Yeah, it's WAP, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm your host, Grubby. And I'm Stacy. And it's been a very good week, I guess you can say, because we ventured back to the AMC theaters... There was only like two people there. There was four. I counted four because oh. uh, this week we're going to be talking about all the new releases that came out. So this week we got Train to Busan Presents Peninsula. We got Unhinged, the Russell Crowe where women don't know how to drive and get too impatient and honk That's the horn. That's not what happened. <laughs> and then we got, what else did we watch? Oh, uh, Random Acts of Violence with... Mr. How to Train Your Dragon, Jay Baruchel, as his was it his directorial debut? I believe yes. it was. And then I'll talk a little bit about Cutthroat City. And we were going to do The Pale Door, but we ended up not finishing it. We got about halfway through. So we'll just talk about it next week. But I, we saw Wild Ass Peninsula at the Music Box, and there was like 10 people there, if that. So I think a lot of people are sort of because. Hes- when we went and saw Unhinged, it was like a ghost town in there. Yeah. There was like nobody and... It was Sunday though and it was earlier and... Yeah, that's true, but also no mozzarella sticks. Yeah, that really <laughs> bummed me out. There's no fried foods or baked foods. It's just popcorn and their shitty nachos. And hot dogs. I did yeah, see gross. hot dogs on there. <laughs> it was very upsetting. I stared at it for a long time. Did you see me? I well, you could staring, you could also like... get you could also get candy, but we also promote smuggling in candy as well. So to places like that. Well, yeah, of course AMC, but uh, a lot of your independent film places, theaters, we prefer you buy their snacks and make sure you tip the people very well there. And then we. We made a little date night. We got some Cheesecake Factory. And I ate it on the hotel bed and it was so (laughs) fancy. (laughs) You call that fancy? Yes. I had some Impossible Bolognese and it's fire. Fire. Uh, Unfortunately, they did not have any dairy-free cheesecake. No. Which is very weird. That's okay because their cheesecake is overrated. Yeah. Imagine being called the Cheesecake Factory and And your cheesecake. And having Olive Garden have better cheesecake than you. Yeah. What's up with that? (laughs) So, we got quite a bit to talk about today because there was a lot of news. We also got uh, some of the DC content coming that's kind of horror genre tangent related as well. So, we got a lot to dive into. Of course, we didn't get a chance to post the new Batman trailer with Robert Pattinson, and it looks fucking sick. Robin Eyeliner is I support. Wait, what? I support. Robin what? An eyeliner. (laughs) He does look kind of like an emo gothic kid in that movie, in that trailer. So, what did you think of the Batman trailer? I'm excited. And I've been excited since they announced him as Batman. I think it's going to be 
awesome. It's going to be the best Batman there ever was. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Facts. Ooh. Christian Bale is pretty fucking good, though. He's a dick. And He's a piece of shit in real life. Is he? Yes. He's Welsh. We'll let it slide. Uh, but you didn't watch the Suicide Squad thing, did you? No. Oh, I, I just told you about that. But that's the one where James Gunn's directing it. And I, I want to say that they're probably erasing the previous Suicide Squad, except they're bringing like two characters back with uh, Harley Quinn, you know, Margot Robbie's character, and then Viola Davis's character. Well, no, they're not erasing it. I mean, it would probably be better if they did, because that movie bombed so badly. But I'm interested to see the Polka Dot Man and King Shark, who is apparently supposed to be voiced by Taika Waititi. <laughs> That's funny. So, and then, of course... His brother Sean Gunn, I think it's his brother Sean Gunn. He all he played um what's his face Rocket in Guardians of the Galaxy, so he did like his voice or not his voice, but he did like the he, like the movements. Yeah, he's supposed to do that for that weird looking creature that I showed you. It was like <laughs> was, a cat, wasn't it a cat or something like that? So I think DC has a lot of stuff coming that would probably uh. For horror fans, I think, you know, they would kind of, like, branch off. Like, kind of when you see a thriller heist movie, like we saw Well, we talked about Birds of Prey. We did? Yeah, you said we had to. Oh, yeah. I said it really doesn't fit. Well, and we talked about Joker, too. So, I I guess Marvel's just kind of... Well, we did see the Black Widow trailer today, but we'll get into... Well, we don't talk about Marvel movies because they're not really horror-esque. The only one that we're going to talk about is The New Mutants next weekend. The two-year delayed movie and then they're gonna own the box office for a week until tenant comes out and then crush it so but uh, i went to the movies the other night to see cutthroat city and like i told you i saw the synchronic trailer Mm -hmm. and it hasn't officially been released like online or rotten tomatoes or anybody hasn't released the official trailer yet so once we get that we'll release that as well and I remembered what the other trailer was that I saw the other night because I saw Tenant, I saw Synchronic. It was the Possessor trailer. They played that there as oh. well. So, speaking of Possessor, it's coming soon. But I'll get to that in news. What trailers you got for me? So, this week I posted the trailer for the antenna, which Grubby, you saw, correct or no? No. We oh, were okay. supposed to see. I keep see, thinking you saw it. Well, we were supposed to see that at the Cleveland Film Fest. And then they were like, nope, Ohio residents only. So I did post a trailer for this previously, but this is the new trailer. Um, and Darkstar Pictures is officially releasing it now in virtual theaters on October 2nd and then later on VOD platforms October 20th. But this is the one about the dystopian Turkey and the government installing the new networks throughout the country. And something with the installation goes wrong and in this apartment complex and then... There's crazy stuff. But there's like black ooze in this new one. That yes, wasn't in the previous one. This trailer one. is totally different. I feel like it... Comp- the the first one, you know, it just looks like the government spying, like cameras, like whatnot. Do you think maybe they and went through... And this is like cosmic and weird. Well, do you think they maybe went through and kind of like re-edited the movie before it was officially bought? Yeah, but I think that they gave everything away in this trailer, is what I'm saying. Not cool. everything, but... Glad I didn't watch it. <laughs> The other trailer I posted is also a trailer I posted previously, but this is a new trailer because it's also being released now. Um, 12-hour shift. and Get your shift together. Yes, this is the one that follows the group of nurses who are stealing organs and selling them on the black market and stuff. But then David Arquette's character comes in and he plays like a crazy like convict. 
Well, plus in the previous 12-hour shift trailer, you don't see, you Mick don't Foley, see Mick Foley. And but he you, is in this one. Yes, you actually see him in this yes. one. Yes, so Magnet Releasing is bringing this movie to theaters and on demand also October 2nd. Theaters. What, yes. a, what a weird thing to say after six months, roughly. <laughs> yes. And then Grubby had me post a movie that was part of the Fantasia Fest virtual program called PVT Chat. It's just a teaser trailer. Um, but this has Julia Fox coming back to the screen, and she plays like a cam girl, and the guy who, um, one of her clients like becomes obsessed with with her, like crazy obsessed, and then starts stalking her, like see because he sees her on the streets. In a way, this movie kind of reminded me of a previous cam movie that we watched. Cam. Cam. There's well, no you know, weird stalking. Well, well, just with the cam camera, like the you know the sex positive of sex workers. I guess. And, and then you got the creeper stalker guy that's like, oh, I've, I've seen this girl before on the streets. Oh, what's your name? And then Julia... Well, no, it's like he's obsessed with her and then he thinks he sees her in real life and yeah. so then he follows her and stuff. But Julia Fox is making... I was wondering what she was going to do after Uncut Gems and then I guess this is the answer. But she like plays herself back in the day because she's like a dominatrix cam girl, which is like what she did. Was she? Yes. Oh, that's I, re- she I just remember her being like from Vine, I believe it was before, but... Cool. Uh, there's no release date yet for that. That just played Fantasia f- uh, Friday, I think it made its debut. And there was a Q&A. Of course, Fantasia shut out the entire United States from their festival. Which we understand, but we're sad. Yes. Uh, but I think uh, I saw some reviews for um, The Reckoning, which is from the director that did the <laughs> last Hellboy movie. If you remember, we saw that in theaters. And how yeah. bad it was. Yeah. Which was really sad because I was so excited to see David Harbour. And then, yeah, it was not a good movie. I believe he also... I Wasn't his first movie The Descent or like one of his previous movies? I don't know. I believe it was. But The Reckoning got okay uh, reviews. And then uh, something else that was playing the festival, too, that I really wanted to watch was Special Actors. Which is from the director that did One Cut of the Dead. Oh, yeah. That's what you were just saying. Hope had a trailer for me to post. Uh, I, w- I could probably go through the entire Fantasia Film Festival YouTube channel, and it'll probably have a trailer on there. I think there's tons and tons of trailers on there. And I think that these are a lot of movies that people should probably get to know, because this is probably going to be a a lot of new movies coming to you here in the near future for, you know, everybody's always like, well, what's new that's coming out? Well, that's what we're here for. We're going to give them the new movies. Oh, fuck. Is that all you got for trailers this week? Yes. Okay. I thought we had one more in there. No, just oh, those three. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it to you. I think I thought I told you not to post you it. You didn't, so I figured you wanted me to, but I absolutely was not going to fucking post it. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. Uh, the movie is called The Death of Me. Oh. And it's from the director that did uh, uh, Saw 3, 4, and 5, I believe, from uh, Darren Lynn Bo- Bosman. And it's got Maggie Q and Luke Hemsworth. It's Fantasy Island 2. Yeah, it's literally just Fantasy Island 2. And I sent it to you. I was like, please tell me you think the same thing. And you were like, yep. I, I mean, said, ew. I mean, look, <laughs> at, look at how corny that poster looks. I mean, of course, you know, Maggie Q was also in Fantasy Island. I actually don't know if they're considering this a Fantasy Island 2. 
we, we're just making but it is <laughs> it literally is they're on the eye it is that's what it is okay so the premise of it is vacationing in an island off the coast of thailand christine and neil oliver awake hungover with no memory of the previous night they find footage on neil's camera and watch horrified as neil appears to murder christine <laughs> fantasy island two what's your fantasy i wanted to kill my wife to yeah. get money, insurance money. I don't know. What? It just looks so corny and this so Isn't an cheesy. episode of Snapped. <laughs> no, but he kills her. So? But Luke Hemsworth, that's... Because there's Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Liam Hemsworth's the one that was in Killer Man, right? Yeah. So is this... Luke, Luke is the loserest of the ones. Okay. So he them, made I mean. the lowest budget movie <laughs> of all of them. But poor Maggie Q. She gets to work with the worst Hemsworth. <laughs> We are going to be getting six new episodes of Unsolved Mysteries Yay. in October. I thought it was in December. I thought it was December, too, also. I think originally it was. Uh, it's going to start launching on October 19th. So, And they're going to have a ghost story in one of them. Ooh. I mean, why, was, was there a ghost story in the previous one? No. It was all like murders, and then there was an extraterrestrial one. Oh. Well, that was one of them. Um uh, but in the six new episodes, Unsolved Mystery Profiles, more unexplained disappearances, tragic events, and bizarre occurrences. And then they haven't really given out what some of the episodes are going to be, but they do say one is a ghost story. So look forward to that. Maybe I'll actually get a chance to watch it. You didn't watch it? No, I don't really have a lot of time. That's a lie. I don't. You went to the movies. You could have watched Unsolved Mysteries instead. I would have rather watched a movie than Unsolved Mysteries. Because how long are the episodes? Like half hour? I don't remember. 40 minutes? So Halloween officially starts on September 1st. <laughs> because? Yes. It already started. Well, are there decorations? The decorations are out. They started the mid, mid-August. mid Michael's has all their Halloween stuff. Well, so does then the other stores that are similar. Probably. No, don't worry. Because once Labor Day comes... Christmas starts. No, that is not true. <laughs> but the reason why Halloween starts on September 1st, Shudder has announced 61 days of programming with eight new movies and exclusives. It's 61 days of Halloween. Yeah, that's what I said. You said of programming. Oh, did I forget the Halloween part? Yes. Oops, my bad. Um, starting September 1st, I mean, even though we already own the Blu-ray, and I'm sure a lot of people would like to maybe revisit, revisit this movie, Color Out of Space will be on there. I, I thought it was a Shutter exclusive for a little bit, but then we're going to get Nosferatu Season 2 starting September 10th. That's not a movie. TV series. I'm just going through what they're bringing to the plate. Uh, we're going to get Spiral on September 17th which is a same-sex couple move into a small town in search of of a better environment for their 16-year-old daughter. And then there's a lot of sinister lies, and the neighborhood is not very welcoming to them. Hmm. So uh, I remember reading a little something about this movie before. Uh, I forget. I think it played like Fright Fest maybe last year. And it got some decent reviews, so look forward to that. Then we're going to get, oh, no. (laughs) What is that? Glenn Danzig's Veronica. Ew, no. September 24th. That's fine. Let me tell you, this is the room of horror. The room. Yes. Didn't you say he like refused to let them start it until the whole place was filled? Yes. Uh, I saw the world premiere of this at Cinepocalypse last year. 
and he was 45 minutes late because he was still editing the movie and then he wanted to wait until the entire auditorium was packed and then he was just the everybody he was in the Q&A because I left right after the movie because I did not give a fuck what he had to say honestly and I guess some of the Q&A said that he said that he wouldn't have laughed at certain parts that the crowd laughed at. Right. Like people were making fun of it and he thought it was like, oh, well, they, they like it. It's funny. Yeah. But it, it's meant to Unintentionally. be. Ta- it's meant to be taken seriously from Glenn Danzig's perspective. But the audience just looked at it as the room. <laughs> Something that Tommy Wiseau would be proud of, I'm sure. So that's going to be on there September 24th. <laughs> And then you posted the trailer for this last week. We got Scare Me coming October 1st, which is a nice little dandy film that I enjoyed at Sundance. Also available October 1st, we're getting the entire first... Oh, no. Is it going to be the entire Vincent Price collection? We'll have to see. But this says on Bloody Disgusting that the entire Vincent Price collection will be on Shudder. Interesting. That's a lot. Then we're going to get Revenge of the Ghoul Log as well on October 1st. Which the is log? the ghoul log. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a Halloween's answer to the Christmas Yule log, a 24-hour, 24-7 streaming jack-o'-lantern providing the perfect ambience for all your Halloween festivities. Hmm. Still not really sure what that is. So I guess we will have to see what it's all about. October 8th, we will be getting the cleansing hour. This was uh, This made its debut at Fantastic Fest. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was it was entertaining. Um, but this is about a couple entrepreneurs who make a fake exorcism show. So it's kind of like how what's his face? Uh, I can't think of his name that does the ghost stuff, and it's pretty much fake. Oh, Zach. Yeah. It's, uh, what's Zach that show? Something. What's Zach? Zach Baggins. Bagman. Bagman. Baggins. I, I, forget, I forget his name. Bad person. Yeah, but you know how most of that shit's fake. That's pretty much what these people are doing, except it's an exorcism. But then there's some secrets that come out because someone actually does get possessed. It was okay. Which is like Zach, he did the show and it was all fake. And then he went to the Demon House in Gary, Indiana and freaked out and didn't air it because it was real. The Demon House ended up getting a a movie. Well, it ended up becoming a movie and it was corny. So, and then uh, October 15th, we will be getting the Mortuary Collection, which got a lot of praise. Why don't we have that poster? The Mortuary Collection? No, Mortuary. We do. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. (gasps) It's in the big... No, we don't. Yeah, check the poster. uh, Check all of our posters that we have hidden in that corner. (laughs) You'll find it in there. Uh, But the Mortuary Collection is another anthology. It's a... Young Drifter applies for a job at a local mortuary and meets the eccentric mortician who chron- who chronicles the strange history of the town through a series of twisted tales. Uh, I remember this playing fantastic as well and a few other film festivals, and it got a lot of praise, so uh, it's been on my radar. October 22nd, we will get 32 Malasana Street, which is a Spanish-speaking foreign horror film uh in 1976 the olmedo family has left the countryside for a new life in madrid but their house becomes a house of horrors and a supernatural thriller based on actual paranormal events Hmm, interesting and then we are going to get 
Joe Bob Halloween Special 2020. He just had his sleepover, I think, last weekend, and they played Sleepaway Camp 2 and Victor Crowley. Fun. Because they had uh, Adam Green, and then they had Kane Hodder, I believe, was there as well. And they all had their slumber party pajamas on. That is so cute. I actually did see some slumber uh, slumber party pajamas at Walmart and with pumpkins and bats. and They were slumber party pajamas specifically? Well. Grubby? <laughs> sure, yeah. And then October 29th, we will get May the Devil Take You 2, which is the follow-up to the May the Devil Take You. <laughs> Put two and two together. and uh, That's directed from Timo... Tachahanto, I believe, the guy that did The Night Comes For Us. Ooh. So that's what's coming to Shudder in the next two months. I look forward to a few of them. Some of them I've already seen. Grubby just looks forward to pumpkin spice lattes, actually. Yes, I love I look forward to shoving pumpkins up my butthole as well. <laughs> <laughs> the Northman Ooh. is back to filming. Yes. And Bjork is going to be a witch. And Which at, th- at first I thought you said she was going to be a uh, whatever. And I was like, well, yeah, she's a Icelandic whatever. A Viking person. No, she's going to be playing a witch. And this yeah, is, I read that she was going to be playing a witch. This is the Viking revenge movie. Oh, my bad. Target wanted to tell me something about pumpkin spice. <laughs> um, but this is probably my most anticipated movie yes. of next year. Alexander Skarsgård. We will be there for the As premiere. I will pay a hundred dollars and I will jerk off in my seat while Ew, watching no. this movie. What? That is not okay. Look, let's get this shit over with for COVID, so that way we can go back to enjoying Toronto Film Fest and Fantastic, and people can go to Cannes because we're not that cool yet. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody from Cannes Film Festival would like to have us, we would gladly come. On each other. Yes. In in the seats. <laughs> uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is supposed to be a darker take I didn't on know it. he was going to do a Pinocchio. Yeah. It's going to be terrifying. The original Pinocchio was fucking terrifying. But he, it's it's a stop motion animated musical. Oh my God, it's going to be so good. With a voice cast of Kate Blanchett, Tim Blake Nelson, and Finn Wolfhard. Oh shit. Yes. And Luna will watch it then, even though it's scary. I believe they also said that Ewan McGregor and David Bradley will be in there because Ewan McGregor, I believe, is going to be Cricket and David Bradley is already... His name is Jiminy. God. Jiminy Cricket. He's going to be Cricket. (laughs) Well, that's what it says. Just Cricket here. And David Bradley will be Geppetto, the woodcarver who makes him. So... Look that forward movie to that. was scary. Remember when they the whale monstro? That's scary. And that was back when they let villains smoke in movies. Still, well, luckily this movie was already the process was already started back in the fall, and then we're also going to get John Turturro, uh, oh John Turturro, sorry, Ron Perlman, Christoph Waltz, and Burn Gorman, and then Tilda Swinton is also supposed to be involved. So. I think this will be very cool, and I think this is supposed to be on Netflix, though. So So now I have a little bit of piece of news. Oh. It's very, very upsetting news. Did it just happen? 
The Exorcist is reportedly getting a reboot that will hit theaters next year. Oh, I saw that. I got even sadder news for There's you. There's no way you could have sadder news than that. Oh, I do. They should not remake The Exorcist. Do you how want me, dare do you they? Do, I was going to save it for the end, but I, I, I guess I could do it now. Okay. So remember how I told you John Carpenter was doing that uh, presentation Thing. for Fantasia? Yes. Because he was getting a uh, an award for it. He died? No. <laughs> that would be really sad news. <laughs> but, uh, oh because he got God. the Cheval Noir Award from the Fantasia Film Festival. He's working on a new movie. It's going to be uh, off the adaptation of Frozen Hell. Okay, so what is the sad news? I'm getting to it. He talked with Jason Blum. Ew, what the motherfucking shit? You have got to be kidding me. And there's going to be another remake of The Thing. Are you fucking serious? (laughs) That is more sad than the fucking thing that I said. I told you it would be. What the fuck? Yeah. John, Um, you're being a sellout. But you got to think, John, no, I think John Carpenter pissed. also worked on the new Halloween movies, too. I do not care. I'm so mad. Sorry about your luck. How but, old is John Carpenter now? Uh, I don't really know offhand, honestly. And then we are getting a TV series adaptation of David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers starring Rachel Weisz. Ooh, fun. Oh. <laughs> Why did you just go, oh? I'm not her biggest fan. And then speaking of Cronenberg, I will go with his kid. Johnny is 72. Oh, I was going to say 70. But uh, like I said, we I saw the Possessor trailer before Cutthroat City. Neon is set to release it October 9th. So we will... One day before Luna's birthday. No, two days. Wow. My bad. <laughs> you don't even know your child's own birthday. 10-11-09. <laughs> and then Shudder has acquired some nice little movies out of Fantasia Film Festival. They are... They acquired Lucky, which was supposed to play at South by Southwest, and it stars Bria Grant, and it follows May and a self-help author with all the answers who suddenly finds herself stalked by a threatening but elusive masked man. Ooh, I liked masked men. And then there's Hunted, which is the survival horror pick where Eve meets what she thinks is a charming guy in a bar, yet things go terribly wrong. There are no charming men at bars. Once she realizes she's become she's come across a psychopath and his puppet accomplice. Ew, what, what? the fuck? Is this like um Ew, dead he's silence? Weird. But <laughs> and then the last movie that they required was Slacks. Slacks. The killer, killer pants. pants. Yep. I didn't realize that this uh, starred Eliza Kephart who was in Slut in a Good Way? Who is that? I see. I, I saw Slut in a Good Way, but uh, it was like a French coming of I'm age. I'm also a slut in a good way. Um, Don't you think? Sex positive, body positive. Thank you very much. Always <laughs> on this podcast. Too many humans, not enough souls. Yeah. <laughs> sex. And then a little more sad news, which I think, I think well, I think this would have been cool, but it, it's kind of sad that it didn't happen. Samara Weaving was so supposedly scouted to be in Scream 5. Oh, dang. She would be so good in Scream 5. Yes, but uh, according to this, the scheduling for it did not go over as planned. So instead, they got Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera to be in it. So, so Samara Weaving is doing something. Yes. I don't know what, though. So... We, I wish we, it was me. We stand Samara Weaving in, on this so podcast. She is so that big smile. Well, we saw her I'm for for um, 
We saw her at Guns Akimbo. Yes. She was so cute, and she was like five feet taller than Daniel Radcliffe. Do you <laughs> He's think, so tiny. Do you think that she was at the Ready or Not premiere? Probably. At Fantasia? Maybe. A um, little bit left here. Of course, you know, they pulled the plug on I Am Not Okay With Boo. This. That's another Did thing. Did you ever even watch it? It ended no. with a head exploding. Well, I also you also told me that it ended with a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And that's how it ended. Now they're not even doing a second season. So there was an interview that they did where they were talking about how they were trying to make another season, but instead they want to make another kissing booth movie or some stupid shit like that. I don't know. So for some reason, Netflix likes to cut all of the better TV series and shows. I see a lot of people are posting like a Stranger Things 4 promo poster, and I think it was fake. It was fake. I was going to say, it seemed pretty fake because I think a lot of other news sources would post, you know, like that they're, I, I don't even know. It was know. literally a poster for like some movie that was going to come out. They just put um, Millie Bobby Brown's face over it. She has some, Millie Bobby Brown has some new movie coming with like Sherlock Holmes and she Ooh, plays fun. like the daughter. I think it's going to be on Amazon Prime next month. So you guys can watch that. Um, the director of the John Wicks is very interested in being the director of the Blade reboot for Marvel. Okay, that would be good. It if would he did be it. fucking sick. So, let's hope we can sign a change.org petition and get that to happen or something. I don't even think they've announced <laughs> I don't think they've announced who is doing that, but I also saw that Olivia Wilde is doing a Captain Marvel. No, she's doing like a, a Spider-Woman. Or something. Oh, Spider Girl. That's right. Because um, um, what's her face? Uh, uh, Nia DaCosta is doing Captain Marvel too. Hmm. Who's doing the Candyman, the new yes, one, yes, out yes. in a couple months? So it's gotta I, be good. Then I love Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's a good movie. Listen, <laughs> I saw it twice and I cried and it was amazing. Donut fell asleep the first time. No, no, that was got that was a. Uh, no, she fell asleep during Captain Marvel. Oh well, it was like really late. Yeah. Well, we saw it in IMAX. Well, I'm going to go home and dress up like Captain Marvel because I have her suit. <laughs> and I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and say, girl power. I'm going to dress up as Spider-Man and be like, Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Hoo-hoo. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> what was that? I still can't believe they didn't put that in the movie. Remember? I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's in like the deleted scenes or something on the, the Blu-ray release. Uh, Jordan Peele has a new movie coming. Or he's getting ready to direct it. Uh, of course, you know this is a part of his five-year exclusive production partnership. So, I don't know what the movie's about, but it's getting ready to film in California. Get us out. I don't know. Get us out. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing of news that I have is... This is our final episode. No. <laughs> there is going to be an animated prequel to... The Train to Busan follow-up Peninsula is already in the works, so that means we'll probably figure out what's been going on between Train to Busan and Peninsula. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, of course, you know the C-Station, uh, C, C Soul Station, which was the prequel to Train to Busan, mm-hmm. and that was animated. That was very good. And I need to rewatch that because I don't remember much of it. But It was like, remember she was like a, a, pro, she was like a sex worker and she had a terrible pimp. Who is like abusive and crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember now. Because uh, there's another movie that I watched that was kind of like the same vein, like the animation style called Have a Nice Day. 
I don't know why I got those two com- mixed what up. What happened to that hand? Uh, that's anime. on Netflix. It is? Yeah. The one with the hand. I can't remember the name of the why movie. Why didn't you tell me it was on Netflix? It's been on Netflix. What the fuck? I can't remember the name of the movie, though, but it's a French... That's the one where the hand gets severed off and it yeah, has yeah, a mind yeah, of its yeah. own. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Why can't I think of the name of the movie? Rude. <laughs> but the prequel to Peninsula is currently in talks about making a char- cartoon relationship between Unit 631, would have been cooler if it was 731, and Min Zhong. So... Let's see what this is all about. I told Donut all about it. The prequel or Peninsula? The prequel. Oh, the the animated one. Yes. The, the one that's currently yes. getting worked. Okay. Yes. Okay. So with that being said, let's get into our featured presentations. What one do you want? Obviously, Peninsula will be the final movie that we talk about. Should I just talk about Cutthroat City? Yeah, I'm going to pretend not to listen. Wow. No, I'm not going to listen. Wow. Stacy's very poopy today about me watching poopy. a movie. <laughs> listen, he told us. No, he told me, not us. There's only one of me. He told me <laughs> that we were going to go see it. And then he's like, actually, I don't think we have time. And then his ass went and saw it. Well, we, I wanted to see T.I. Well, we weren't going to have time to see it and then record. That's just it. You're very right. I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. But I'm still. You could have seen something else. I thought about seeing Words on Bathroom Wall because it had Charlie Plummer in it. I don't know the kid what from that Lean is on Pete. or who Charlie Lean on Pete. And then he was in another. I didn't see that movie. Well, there was another horror movie that he was in. I can't remember the name of it either, but he was. I think it's like one where he spied on his neighbors and they thought they were serial killers or some shit. Uh, or there was um, um, what what else was out in theaters this week? Oh, the burnt I have no the idea. burnt orange hearsay. But you're like, I want to see that. What is that? That's the paint-stealing movie with Elizabeth Debicki. Who's that? From and Widows. What paint The white girl from Widows. The white girl. The one, so in, the that's one gonna, I don't remember. The one that's going to be in Tenet. <laughs> oh. Oh. The blonde girl. Oh. 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I, I, I saw Cutthroat City the other day. Uh, this is directed by Rizza from the Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang forever, bitch. <laughs> Stacy's doing the W for the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, so this starred Terrence Howard, whose character was pretty fucking useless in this movie, to be honest. Wesley Snipes, T.I., Ethan Gonzalez, Shemek Moore, Demetrius Ship Jr., which I think you said was the guy that played Tupac in All Eyes on Me. Yeah, he lo- Yeah, because I go, what the fuck? I just saw Tupac in this trailer. Oh, yeah. wait, let me look it up. And yeah, because when I saw the movie, I was like, yeah, that it's is the weird, guy. because when you look him up, he doesn't really look like Tupac, but in that preview, it legit looked just fucking like him. I was fucked up for What about second. in the movie? Did, did they make, did they give I him all the thug life? I didn't watch that movie. Oh, they, you didn't see if they gave him all the, like, the real tattoos, the thug life tattoo or whatnot. Uh, Kate Graham and Rob Morgan. So, Miracle, Miracle and Blink are like best friends, and they got a couple other buddies too. Um, they don't really say their names on here on Letterboxd though. And, oh, this also stars Ethan Hawke as well, which he's in this movie as like a city councilman. And this is basically a heist movie that happens shortly after the devastation of Hurricane Katrina from 2005 or six. I don't know. It was a big thing. Yeah. So they're all boyhood friends and they return to New Orleans to their lower ninth ward after the hurricane and everything's decimated the the prospects just underwater and everybody's trying to rebuild 
And of course, you know, you know who's supposed to come take care of all these natural disasters with the money and take and take make sure that everybody's getting what they need. FEMA. FEMA is the biggest enemy in this movie, to be honest. And so they tor- they, they they turn to the local gangster for employment, which is played by T.I., <laughs> which is really weird. Uh, don't really know why they gave his character that blotched face. I don't know if you saw the pictures of it. I didn't see the pictures. Yeah. So T.I. is like this local gangster. And if you cross him, he makes you walk the plank, which was one of the funny things in this movie. Uh, walking the plank in this movie was taking your dick out and having a ra- rabid raccoon attack it. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Because if somebody owed him money, he'd be like, walk the plank. And then they would make the guy take his dick out. And then the raccoon would just go after it like it's a piece of salami or something. That is fucked up. And I want to do it to some people. It is. So he tells them that if they want to get some money and get some work. Because, you know, some of these guys are just selling drugs to get by. Oh, I see his face now. They made him have vitiligo for some reason. Yeah, which was such a weird thing. also like birthmarks. So, um, So Blink... Who's the main character of the story? He's been trying to do a graphic novel, and it's called Cutthroat City. And the animation for it, because they have like an animation sequence in this, and it looked really good. It looked really cool. And so he, you know, he goes to uh, Joel David Moore to go get a job. They turn him down for illustrations. And I'm going to show you who Joel David Moore is, and you'll be like, I know that guy. He's in all those movies. I just never know his name. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I try to tell people. Because remember, he's in The Guest. He's in Dodgeball. Well, you've probably never seen Dodgeball. Fuck no. He's in Hatchet, Grandma's Boy. He's in a bunch of movies where He looks you, like that other guy. You don't really know his character. Like, you don't know his real name. But you, you're like, I've seen him in every single movie, I swear. So, once they go to TI to do this, they do like a casino heist. And then it turns into a corrupt cop. Because then you get Isa Gonzalez's character, who's like the detective on the scene that uh, she goes to investigate the robberies of the casinos. Because after they do that, they go hide out for a little bit and lay low because one of their boys dies. Um, then they have the key, like Junior, played by Kean Johnson, and he's white, and they give him cornrows. Ew, gross. <laughs> they give him like that. Uh, like he was the main guy in We Summon the Darkness. Was he? Mm-hmm. Man, he. he he looks really different with cornrows on and trying to look all hard and tough. But he, he had a nice dog. <laughs> but dog. uh, but like Ethan Gonzalez goes after them and she gets involved with Ethan Hawke's character because he's like the city councilman. And of course, there's the corrupt politician part. And then they go hide out at uh, Blake. Uh, um, they go hide out at Blink's house, his dad's house, played by Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Because when, when uh, they show you Wesley Snipes, everybody started laughing. They're like, oh, my Why? God. Because I think they probably forgot that he was in this. And he uh, just looks old and, like, sh- head shaved. And he's just like... That's sad. You know, he gives them a place to hide. So, I mean, there's a, there's a good heist movie to this. And, obviously, you know, the corrupt politicians, the corrupt police force. And, you know, they, they still had a lot of those characters implemented in this where the one of the lead officers on it would call people quote unquote ghetto 
and say, you know why you can't shoot straight? It's because you hold your gun like this to the side, you know. They, they had that stereotypical character mm-hmm. in that, you know. So, you know, it had a lot of real-life uh, commentary on, on, on things. It was fine, but I think there was a lot to this movie that could have been cut. Because this was over two hours. Oh, geez. And inside there, there was probably a good 90-minute to an hour and 40-minute heist movie you know where they're just trying to survive after you know fema fucks them all over and how they can't get any help because you know they're from the lower ninth district so uh i gave it a two and a half but i do recommend people watching it it, it was you it, told me it was bad anyway and no don't I, be mad that you didn't go see it that's the reason. no just be mad that you didn't see it in the theater i mean it, it wasn't bad bad but it was it, it was very choppy and it it implicated a lot of different elements that weren't very necessary for the movie like terrence howard's character was pointless you could have done one probably without ethan hawk but it's fine i'm kind of sick of seeing him i'm not okay i've never remember he was i would much rather see more of his daughter well she's got some movie coming out with andrew garfield i'm in love with her and we'll have to see how it plays at the Venice Film Festival. I just remember reading about it. She was also in that Lady World movie. Maybe you should watch that. So, Char- uh, Cutthroat City. Um, yeah, I'll leave it up for interpretation. It was fine. Two and a half. Maybe a three star. A five and a half on the ten scale. <laughs> so, what do you want to talk about next? you want to talk about random acts of violence? Let's talk about Unhinged. Okay. And well, then random acts of violence. So we saw Unhinged at the Dolby Cinema at the River East today. The Dolby is so epic. I never get. I always forget how epic it is until we sit down and they introduce it and they show how the black is so much blacker and the sound is traveling and it's just hot. It's just hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, one day we'll have to go to a 4DX one where they, you know, they like. No, walk. I don't want to feel heat or water anywhere. <laughs> Wind. What if? <laughs> What fart if, smell <laughs> what if there was like a water sequence and it's just someone pee- peeing why you? would somebody be peeing <laughs> so this is directed by D- Derek Bort what is wrong with you <laughs> I'm just thinking of the sequence where someone's just like laying on the floor behind you just peeing straight up and it feels like water <laughs> coming down on you yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> so this movie stars Russell Crowe, and he is hefty in this movie. He stars as the man. That's yes. it. No name. The man. Yes. And it also has Gabriel Bateman, who is the kid you said from Child's Play. I thought Play. that was the kid from Child's Play. It is the kid from yeah, Child's Play. Yeah, he's super cute. That's how I knew it was him. And then we get our lead. He's in Lights Out and Annabelle also. And then we get our lead protagonist, Karen Pistorius, who plays Rachel. Everybody She's else great. in Everybody else in this movie is pretty much just a... Boob. Yes, a, a, a titty. <laughs> a whap. So. A wop. A weird ass person. So, in this movie, it starts out with like news, news um, cast and stuff. And they're talking about like road rage and the like era of social media and just how people are so angry and all that kind of stuff well they also give you like a montage of people having road rage as well like video not montage. just road rage just rage in general like people confronting people in the stores like just people fucking flipping out on other people they even had uh some sequences where people were you know like protesters and cops like getting violent with people as well in them so like 
there was just this characteristic of rage in general just happening throughout the United States and how it's become increasingly more and more and more every year. Yes. And so then we get introduced to actually Russell Crowe's character first, and he is traveling to this house. Well, he's sitting outside of this house, and he's medicated. Like, he's looking at his medicine. He has lots of meds. He's, like, fucked up, right? And he, like, is looking at his wedding band, and he takes it off, and he throws it in the back. And then he goes into this house, and he just busts down the door with a hammer, busts down the dude that lives there, busts down the woman that lives there, fucking ex- explodes the house, like, catches on fire, and it explodes. And we find out on the news that, like, that was his ex-wife, so we know he was going through a divorce, and that's all we know. Then we get Rachel and Kyle, and Rachel is kind of a mess and is always late. She's late for everything. She used to have a hair salon that she lost. She's also going through a divorce with Kyle's dad. Did you know that people that are late are always more intelligent? Uh, more intelligent? That's not true. Yes, You're it just is. saying that because you're always late. Fuck. <laughs> what they are is inconsiderate. I hate people that are fucking late. Oh, I'm never late. as if you're on the ball. I've <laughs> literally never been late. I'm always too early. But Annoyingly Rachel, early. But Rachel is also going through a divorce as well. Right, I said that. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, so now she's living with her brother. and <laughs> No, his... her brother, she's letting her brother and I thought his it was girlfriend vice versa. live there. No. Oh. So this is their, this is her house and her husband who are separated. And he, and she finds out that he filed a motion to get the house, right? And her lawyer, who also happens to be her best friend, his name's Andy. He's like, no, like, we'll fight this. She's like, I just want this to be over. And he's like, yes, but that is your house and you need it more. Like, you have Kyle and blah, blah. So, yes, her brother and his girlfriend are living there because he is also a mess. and He's a mess just because it's Fiscally seems, irresponsible. Well, yeah, it just seems like he's just kind of like a lazy... He's mo- a stoner. Millennial. He's a stoner. Well, I can't consider myself a lazy millennial, and neither should you. Okay. But Anyway, his name's We'll Fred. call him a Gen Z. How's that? He's, he's a millennial. Mm. So is Rachel. They're all millennials. Millennials are a big group. Anyway, so his... his her brother's name is Fred, and Fred's girlfriend's name is, like, Mary. And um, they're living there. And, yeah, they're having an argument about how they're both fiscally responsible. But, so, anyway, Kyle is like, you woke up late. Like, I need to be to school. If I'm tardy, that's detention. So we need to go. And so they're driving, and she's like, they get... <laughs> it was only a half-hour detention, though, if you're late. That's I not know. a big deal. I mean, I don't want to fucking sit there for 30 minutes after school. It used to be two hours for us, and it didn't have to be on Saturday. I wouldn't know because I never got detention. I was late every single day. I've never been late. Congratulations. I missed one day of my four years of high school. Which day was it? I'm not going to tell because it's kind of pathetic. You know how many days I missed? Like, I went to school sick. That's Uh, how, like... Let's put it this way. I used to skip school a lot. Yeah, he was like, I was on the basketball team, so I got special privileges. (laughs) No. This is a true story. No, (laughs) but uh, the thing is, is when I was in high school... Uh, I was on the basketball team. I was on the basketball team, but I also had a seventh hour class called service learning, and I would go around to the high schools and just help kids out. Yes, there was a kind heart in me a little bit back then, but if I had a game day, the teacher would let me go home that I would have to service learn for. She'd be like, yeah, I just signed you in, signed you out. Well, that ended up getting caught, and I ended up getting suspended and... A troublemaker. He's a troublemaker. Let's so put, anyway. Well, let's put it this way. When it came to senior ditch day, my mother would not let me ditch. So I had my buddy Tom, Tom's mom, call me Tom's out of school. <laughs> we I'm met telling, him at Warp I'm Tour. I'm telling your mom. We met him at Warp Tour. I'm fucking telling. You do that. So anyway. <laughs> God. So he's dri- she's driving him to school. They get stopped in traffic. She's like, I'm going to take the freeway. He's like, no, mom. Like, Where was this based in? 
Because it made it, it seem like, like it was. It looks like the Midwest. Well, it's, I thought it made it seem like it was California, like LA era, because of all it the, look like the, LA the at gridlock all. traffic. I, I'm pretty sure there's this, gridlock traffic everywhere. I bet this was filmed in like British Columbia. <laughs> anyway, Grubby just keeps interrupting me. So they're driving to school, and she's like, we should take the freeway. And he's like, no, every time we take the freeway, we're late. And she's like, just check the traffic. So she checks the traffic on the like iPad. He says it's clear. So she just, she goes. She goes on the freeway. And we see Russell's Crow character coming up, right? And because when she turns onto the freeway, she, she pulls up behind his truck and they're stopped at a stoplight and it turns green. And she lays on the horn because he doesn't go. So then she lays on the horn again. And he comes up next to them in traffic after that and is like, hey, like roll down the window. And so Kyle rolls down the window and he's like, you know, have you ever heard of anything as a, of a, of a have you ever heard of a courtesy tap? It sounds like this. He's like, your mom didn't give me a courtesy tap. Like, and so she gets in an argument with him. And okay, so, but the dude didn't fucking go when he was supposed to go. And it took him a while to go. So I understand why the he's long. He's unhinged. Well, I get that, that he's unhinged, but like, come on. Well, she never gave a courtesy tap. It was an automatic laying of the horn. Well, it was like when that lady cut out in front of me over here on Route 2. He wasn't cut in front of anybody. Anyway. Well, I laid on the horn for the anyway, next good minute. <laughs> she was like, he was like, your mom owes me an apology. She's like, I'm not fucking apologizing to you. I don't owe you shit, basically. And he's like, you know what? I don't think. Yeah, because he's like, he goes, I had a, I, you know, I've been having a hard time. And she was like, well, join the club. And Kyle's just in the backseat. Poor kid is like, mom, like, shut up. Like, can we just go? And traffic starts to go and they go and she's like he was like you know what? i don't think your mom knows what a bad day is but she's about to fucking find out right so he follows them violently driving like a crazy bitch and like she does end up losing him he but he like skids into the middle of the intersection stopping traffic like making cars crash there's a lot of destruction yes in there's this. so much destruction it was so so action-packed so anyway they get to school He's late. He's going to have detention. And she's like, you know, I promise I'll bring you a Butterfinger Blizzard. Like, he's like, just please be on time. And she's kinda like, okay. Bu- I kind of want a Butterfinger Blizzard I now. Know. See, that's <laughs> another thing. Isn't Dairy Queen only in the Midwest? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't know either. But anyway, that was why I thought it was in the Midwest. Just because of the Dairy Queen thing. So anyway, she goes off and she pulls up to a gas station because she's like, fuck, like I'm out of gas. And she's supposed to meet Andy for breakfast. For the record. This was based in New Orleans. And, oh, so and the South. South. There you go. <laughs> you said Midwest. I mean, it was closer than California. Mm, yes. We'll debate. No, it's literally factually <laughs> closer. So anyway, yes, she stops at the gas station. She goes in, and when she's checking out, like she sees his truck is behind her. The man shows up. Well, they give him a name later on, Tom Cooper, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. yeah. So... Anyway, the she's like, you know what? No, like this guy is following me, and the cashier lady is like, do you want me to call the police? And she's like, no, like she feels very unsafe. Yeah, and there's also another customer in there, a man. He's like, well, I'll walk you out, and if he doesn't leave, like I'll get his plate number, and if he follows you, we'll call the cops. So they go out, and she gets in, and he gets the plate number, and he's like, you know, man, like just it would be good own. of you to just like just calm mind your own down. business, yeah. yeah. Well, he was like, you need to just, like, mellow out, like, chill, like, it's fine. So she drives off. He sits there for a minute, and the guy's like, good choice, good choice staying put. And this really makes him fucking piss. This really unhinges him. So he fucking (laughs) floors it and runs this dude over. Does it accelerate his anger? It's, he's unhinged. (laughs) 
So anyway, we could have so many car puns in this that it's unbelievable. <laughs> but we'll save the cheesiness for. Oh, I was saying unhinged because that's the name of the movie, not because. Well, I was just cars. saying accelerate because he ended up accelerating into the guy yes, and okay. hitting him. So he hits the guy right, and so now this is on the news, and um, she's like freaking out because then he does catch up to her, and she obviously saw him run the dude over, and he's so they're chasing each other. Well. Let's put it this way. When he gets, when he hits the dude, like he just comes up on his windshield, but then the aftermath of when he yeah, gets off dude, of it. Then, then the, you know, there's a car in the road that just plows, like there were so many like, whoa, like boom, like cars running over people. That's why it was great to see in Dolby. Yes. It was very rumbly. <laughs> so, so he's running after her. She's looking for her phone. She can't fucking find it. And he pulls up and he, he has her phone. Right. And she's freaking out. She escapes under like this. She's like under a highway in like a parking parking lot and he then goes to the little breakfast place where she was supposed to meet Andy and she go and he goes in there and is like are you Andy Rachel's friend like I'm one of her old friends and I just spoke to her like I don't think she's going to make it and Andy's like you know I'm her best friend but like since you think you know that if you can get a hold of her please do and he's like he's like I bet if I can get her on the phone like I'll buy you a coffee or whatever so she, he uses Andy's phone and calls her on this flip phone that he left in her car, right? I think she, it was just his phone. Like, yeah, that, I think she, maybe he, they just swapped. Yeah. <laughs> so she, like, hears this ringing as she's going through her car looking for her phone and answers it. And it's the guy. And he's at breakfast with Andy. And... Because they were just supposed to meet up to discuss what's going on in the divorce. So then... Things take a turn for the worse for Andy in this situation because Andy gets fucked up. Andy gets incredibly Andy gets brutalized. His nose in, busted. Well, he gets brutalized in front of a group of people as well, and they're just all like, instead of everybody running out the door, they're all like with they're their phones. Videotaping, they're videotaping, like, right? Yeah. He's like, "You're about to see what happened to Andy on the news in about two seconds. There's going to be videos." But he gets fucked up. He gets his nose busted in. Then he gets punched in the face while he's holding his hand. So he there's no, like, give. And then he straight up stabs this dude in the back of the neck with a fork. Like, straight into his spine. It was a knife. It was a fork. It was a knife. Whatever. It was a utensil, <laughs> and he bled out. And it was died. something that you eat with. <laughs> so poor Andy. Also, this guy is pissed, right? He's like, yeah, this is where he's, he says his name is Tom Cooper. But he's like, oh, you're a divorce lawyer who just, like, takes money from guys like me? Because, you know, he was getting in a divorce. And he, yeah, it's like he, there was some sort of... There ven- was very I, much animosity. I, there was a lot, a lot of uh, personal... Ven- not, not really personal vendetta, but like towards him because, you know, he was a lawyer. He's and Rachel going was like, through no, a divorce. Like, he's not like that. He's a good man. Like, what did you do? And he's like, you're, I'm going to kill like everybody. She's like, you you give me a name and your phone and I'm going to go there. Or else I'm going to go to your, your that's grandma. When you, what, that's when you go find someone's name that you totally hate. Well, that, this that is, is still thing. on your phone. Duh, he wasn't going to listen to her. He was like, I'm going to go to to your grandma at Sunnybook, wherever she was. She's in the, Her grandma, they got put in a nursing home just recently because she, you know, was forgetting where she was even in her Yeah, I think she was suffering from dementia, obviously, yeah. or Alzheimer's, one or the other. Yeah, he's he was like, it's that or your son. Like, so give me a name. And she gives her, she gives him a name of her client that fired her that morning because she was going to be late. And so she's assuming that he's going to Deborah's house. And she, she calls the cops who who are sent to, you know, the school where her son is and sent to Deborah's house. And Was he very smart and, and maniacal in his situations? Because he was 
getting the police to go to these other things. Not really. She was just To stupid. occupy them. Come on. You knew that he wasn't going to go to Deborah's house. Well, I knew that, but, you know, like how he, he you know, he killed the guy in the breakfast, uh, the breakfast restaurant. And then all the accidents that were happening through his rampage. So, in a way, he was just kind of getting the cops off of his back. I guess, but I don't think it was intentional. Also, there's no way they wouldn't have found him yet from burning down the house. That is true as well. Like, <laughs> they had his truck, they knew who he was, like, and they just hadn't fucking found him yet? Yeah. I and mean, now he's going on a killing spree? Well, like, pretty much the rest of this movie just becomes a cat and mouse game of Tom Cooper, or the man, trying to find Rachel for an apology. Yeah, sometimes, she wants a, he wants a sincere apology from her. Sometimes maybe all it takes is an I'm sorry, but sometimes... Yeah, no, no. When you drive in the left lane on a highway that's the passing lane, you're a dumbass and I mean, should be I prosecuted. I agree, but you should not be so angry at people in traffic because one day... I've been telling you this every day. I'm like, please don't be mean to people in traffic because it could be a fucking psycho who just like whips out a gun and shoots you. This is an example of that, but on an, a very high scale. He didn't have a gun though. He did not have a gun. No. He was just huge. Yeah. And had a hammer. I don't think he wasn't huge, like, He was build, huge. But he was huge, like. In this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he was so big. I was like, he is so big. But, I mean, for, for a movie that's supposed to get people to come back to the theaters, I think it did all right. I mean, I think, okay, so, you know, in recent years, like, the horror genre has become very clever, and they're making, you know, more sophisticated movies, and whatever people are calling it something stupid like what are they calling it like <laughs> i'm trying to figure out what you're trying to tell me the 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 horror movies that are coming out like mostly like you know like a24 they're making like smarter movies like more original and all that kind of stuff but people are there's like a dumb term for it mumble i feel like core? we've talked about it before what Mom. no <laughs> i like, thought you said mumble high core. art like something something stupid high well this movie was high octane i will say that so anyway in the era of smarter <laughs> I, I just don't know what horror, what, what word more you're looking sophisticated for. and clever horror <laughs> it's it it's it, it can be a relief to just watch like a, a a movie that's dumb you know it's a popcorn movie it does have you on the edge of your seat for yeah a little it was bit. thrilling like it was fine there there's not a lot of thinking towards what's going on in this movie it's just like he's after her and if he gets his way he's gonna kill her for not saying i'm sorry yes so remember courtesy taps everybody courtesy yes. taps yes <laughs> like it, it was fine for what it was i'm glad we saw it in dolby because it kind of uh heightened the excitement for it a little bit i mean i probably could have went between a two and a half and a three i gave it two and a half i gave it a, two but and a, a half. good two and a half yeah it's something that if your local AMC is not playing a ton of new stuff, I would probably go see Unhinged. And if they're playing Cutthroat City, I would go see that. So, like, those are two movies that are very fine to come back to the theaters for. Uh, I think some AMCs are playing Peninsula as well. I know oh, the downtown shit. one was, but Cherville wasn't playing Peninsula yet. Because, you know, they're playing all the older movies. And I had zero, because they had 15 Cent Night on Thursday. And every single movie was sold out. <laughs> But luckily, they're doing only like 40% capacity. And you know the funny thing? Both movies that we saw this weekend still had less people in it than what I saw Cutthroat City combined. I think it was because it was like a Sunday and... Well, Peninsula, there was like 10 people. Well, that was the small theater and it was, you know, only partial capacity. There weren't that many seats left, I don't think. Well, they can hold 18 and there was like 
11 of us maybe total but there was like way more people at cutthroat city than both movies combined which i was like because t.i because <laughs> solely of t.i god no <laughs> so let's move on to random acts random of acts of violence this is uh, well obviously you know the first two movies that we talked about available at amc this one's available on shutter yes it's there now why don't you have shutter people yes this is what my uh shutter has paid me secretly to say get shutter and for the record your friend um why can't i think of her name from australia katie, katie. Shutter's going to be coming before halloween so oh. she can get it and it's uh i don't know what their currency is but it's six dollars and 67 cents they could have had a great market to go six dollars and 66 cents but no but no so in this movie jordana brewster is back in horror and she's so fucking cute in this movie with her pink what was, fucking her, what was her previous horror movies because you know she plays dominic toretto's wife in fast and furious <laughs> yes where she's beautiful but she was also in texas chainsaw massacre remake she was in the faculty yeah. The Faculty? Wasn't that from like 19... 19- the Faculty is the best. It has Josh Hartnett in it. It's Aliens. So anyway... I mean, I know that, but I thought The Faculty was much older. Oh, 1998. That's not, that's not bad. So anyway, th- this I is I thought about- it was 1992 for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> yes. So Jesse Williams plays Todd, and he's a comic writer, and his wife is played by Jordana. Her name's Kathy. And then he has an assistant named Aurora, and then Jay plays Ezra, his best friend, and also, like, the owner of a... He's the publisher. Yeah, the publisher. So, he's, like, the owner of something comics. I forget what it's called. Mm, I don't remember the name of the comic. Uh, Let me see if I got it. But anyway, the four of them are going on a road trip um, so that Todd can try to find some inspiration to write his final edition of his comic book called Slasher Man. Slasher Man. But he's also doing, like, a convention press tour as well because he's going to different radio stations and you know they're having q a's with mm-hmm. him and then they have uh like signings for him because you know people were coming dressed up as slasher man and yeah he wears like a welding uh a welder's mask yeah. <laughs> so they stop at a gas station and it's like the most dead like no one some fucking texas goes there. there's like some no, texas chainsaw massacre yeah one it's some shit and they go in there and there's a, like a little comic like what are those things called spinner thingy a rack yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the one that spins in a circle a spinning rack yes so anyway it's empty and they're like hey like we should fill this with slasher man comics for free and also the guy that works there is a dick Dude, He's he, like, you, you need know to get he, out of my gas station. Okay, okay. So one of the notes that I took was when Kathy was interviewing him because that's like kind of what her job was. So Kathy, no, the reason that she was interviewing him is because Kathy's writing a book, right? And it just so happens to align with the Slasher Man comics because the Slasher Man comics was written about real killings and she wanted to give a voice to the victims of these killings. So she's writing a book about the victims. So the Slasher Man comic was inspired by the I-90 murderer from 1987 to 1991 where there were six murders and dozens of disappearances. Which, which, no offense, it is really fucked up that he made a comic based on that when all those people are definitely still alive. Like, the victims' families and stuff. Like, there's no way he would have been able to do that. Been allowed to do that. It was so fucking insensitive. But the interview that Kathy does with the gas station attendant, the one notable quote was, you got any meth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... But he was also wearing a Panzerfaust t-shirt. <laughs> 
this is also where we see Aurora. Um, she d- likes to draw, and she really wants to show Todd that she can be like a, a comic book artist. And for some fucking reason, outside this gas station, there's a dead dog. Like that's like wrapped in barbed wire. Like, yeah, what? like it's in barbed wire, and it is a golden retriever. Like it was fucked up. Anyway, so she was drawing that because on their way to the gas station too. Um, there, there's an there was an instance where they were almost ran off the road because Aurora is apparently a terrible driver who thinks that she can drive with a map while driving. Well, and she was driving very slow, and so this van passes them very aggressively and is like shitty, right? And they're like, "What the fuck's up with but that?" But while guy? this is happening, Todd is very fixated about uh, on a house that is being presented in in kind of like not like a dream sequence, but like he a like slow... ha- is having like weird almost flashbacks, or we don't know what it is. Yeah, at this point, you don't know what it is. But later on, you know, we're not going to tell you what it's from, but you got to watch the movie to figure that one out. So then, after they get done with the meth gas station guy, you know, they're, they're on their way. I believe they're coming from Canada and going throughout New York, which is a terrible idea because I would just stay in Canada. So this is when they go to a radio station, and this guy is going to interview them. And while that's happening, we see the the van that ran like almost ran them off the road pull into the gas station that they were just in prior, go to the magazine rack and read the magazine. And he opens it to a page where it's like the trifecta, and it was a, a way that the slasher man killed three people. And it was like, they were like combined in a weird way, right? So while that's happening... Todd's being interviewed by the radio host, and it turns out that the radio host wasn't really interested in him. It turns out he was a friend of one of the victims that Slasher Man killed, the, yes. the I-90 killer. Yeah, because he was also, like, telling him about the criticism about, you know, He's like, comics. you know, people think this is fucked up. Like, yeah. So then he pulls out the picture of the victim, and it was the victim who was, like, a seven-year-old girl who was yeah. killed. And he's like, you know, fuck. They're all like, fuck. Like, this is not cool. And, and you know, he's like, you know, whatever, man. Like, it's just art. Like, it's just a Mac. Like, it's just my comic. Like, people need to separate basically the art from whatever. How do you think people feel that have biopics about them that are still alive or that were involved in things like that? How do you think they feel about movie? Well, I'm sure a lot of them get like a permission or their side of the story to make sure that it's more on point i wouldn't want people other people making money off of my tragedies fuck no i'd be pissed but anyway so so then he's like you know i'm just gonna go like i'm done with this interview he's like well wait we have a caller like don't you want to hear from one of your fans so he answers the phone and it's just this guy and he's like 1 12 18 and he just keeps saying that over and over again and he's like you know what the fuck is that he's talking in like a, a, a code and the thing, uh, a little bit down the road, though, you find out that Todd's thinking that it's a Bible so, verse. So that night he goes on the computer and he, and he matches it to a Bible verse. And he's like, oh, shit, like, this is fucked up. So, so yeah, so we're thinking it's a, a Bible verse. So then we see these three teenagers are driving. They're like, I don't know, they're driving at night. They're just and, stoner kids probably going out to party. Yeah, but they're like in high school. And Doesn't mean anything. They, I'm, just, I'm just pointing out that they're in high school. They get a flat tire, and my, like, one of the main notes that I took was zero out of these three motherfucking people don't know how to change a fucking tire. Especially the boy. Are you kidding me? None of these people knew how to change a tire, right? So they're like, fuck. Because she's like, don't you have a spare? And she's like, well, I don't know how to change a tire. Do you? Doesn't so anybody know how to call mother- AAA either? I don't know. So they get out, and they're like, what the fuck are we going to do? Dude in the van drives up, gets out with his welding mask on. And is staring, and they're like, uh, it's cool. Like, he's, like, being all creepy. So they're like, oh, no, it's cool. Like, we called a friend. Like, we got it. 
And the guy's like, you know, no, there's no cell phone service out there. Like, out here. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. Like, we got it. So they get the back in the car. The typical horror element. No cell phone yes. service. They get back in the car. <laughs> and this is where you find out that the, the killer guy is, like, mentally handicapped. Don't you think? Because he, like, starts, like wigging out and he has to like hype himself up right he has to like hype himself up he's like come on like and he hits himself and then he's like okay and then he goes up to to the to the car busts out the windows you know blah blah blah. starts shanking them all yeah (laughs) so then we see kathy and todd and they're arguing right because they're talking about how everyone's talking about how about everyone is she's you know she's saying everybody is talking about slasher man and not the victims and like she was trying to say that she's just highlighting what this monster did but that she wasn't trying to attack todd and he's like oh yeah because it just so happens that the book you're writing has to do with you know my comic blah blah blah. so so we see that's when we really find more about like the project that she's doing the book that she's writing but um, they also you said that they drove by so now they're driving right they're back on the road and there's like cops up ahead and they're like what the fuck and they see like, this blue tarp is, like, is in the road. And obviously, this is, like, where the teenagers were attacked. And it blows up. And you see the teenagers. And they look like the triptych from the comic. It was triptych, not trifecta or whatever I said. It's called the triptych from the comic. And they're, like, holy shit. Like, that was, like, that was the triptych. And they're, like, no. Like, it could have just been any kind of, like, weird, sick thing that just happened to sort of look like something. It was a copycat killer. Yeah. But at that time, they didn't really think so, right? So, so then... Yes, they go to one of those signings, right? Where where they had all the crazy fans. These fans were crazy. There was like the one fan who built like a whole yeah, he, 3D he, he, model he of like his killings. He reincarnated a a scene from one of the the comic books. It was where multiple it was a, scenes. It was a truck. Yeah, it was a semi truck. Where the you know he slash man murdered all of his victims. Yeah. <laughs> so so that there happens. are because you you get this in like horror conventions like anywhere, mm-hmm. and you know the cosplay comes along with it. And then you get all like some some of these people seem like kind of crazy for what they want to <laughs> yeah for what they do. So he gets up and um and he gets a call on his cell phone and it's the guy again and he's he's saying three numbers again but they're different this time and he's like three twelve four and at that time he's like who is this like what the fuck and at that time he gets his hand cut by somebody like someone at the convention slices him and they don't see who they don't know why but Ezra's like yo like we need to call the cops like we need to fucking call the cops and Todd is like no like we would look guilty because you know like I wrote this comic and whatever so they go to stay in a motel and I just need to point out that I love Kathy's binder I was telling you this like (laughs) So, Kathy keeps a binder for her book, and, like, you know, normally in this day and age, people would keep notes. Like, they'd keep it on their phone, or, like, they'd have a laptop or whatever. But she has a fucking physical binder with physical paper with pictures printed out of the victims, and she takes notes in pen, writing. And Who I'm obsessed. Who takes notes in pen? Uh, me. There's other people Not that would pencil. also be like, wow, I love her binder. So then, out of, out of the group of friends, though, what happens next is Aurora is the first one to go. Because she goes off on her own. Well, she's sitting outside at a picnic table, and she like she texts Ezra to like come meet her, but he's already sleeping. Wasn't she uh, drawing? I believe. Yeah, she was drawing, and then there's the killer's van, and he comes up behind her and like stomps her head off her body. There is some good gore in this movie. Yeah, this movie is fun. Um, but after that, it, it like 
he figures out the numbers that the slasher man is telling well, him. Well, so, no, well, Todd wakes up to the police lights and stuff, and they see Aurora's head in the parking lot, and they're like, what the fuck? And then they're interrogating, the police are interrogating all three of them, and, you know, um, she's like, you draw these fucking comic books, like, these are really gory and whatnot, and... Yeah, because they almost kind of try to pin it on Todd. Well, and then Kathy is like, you know, our friend is dead because of what's inside your head. Like, girls are getting tortured and mutilated, and that's why you can't come up with an ending, because you have nothing to say. You legitimize violence, and you fetishize evil, and I'm endangered because of it. Like, she just goes off on him. And that was... Well, I'll talk about it more later, but yes, there's that. But the police let them go because the cameras, you know, from the motel, like... They give them an alibi. Yeah. So, but she says, like, you might as well have killed her, basically. It's pretty harsh. Yeah. So then the killer calls again from Aurora's phone. From Aurora's fucking phone and says 4835 when they're in the car. 4835. And that's when they realize it's not the Bible, but it's the comic's year, issue, and page number. And that's when they finally figure out that he is. And they a, match it up. He's yeah. a copycat killer they from match all up, of the murders in the comic book. Yeah. They match up the first one to the triptych and they match up the second numbers of Aurora, which was an. Uh, a page called the gift and it was her head or whatnot so so pretty much after this though it just becomes another game of cat and mouse because slasher man is trying well todd was trying to figure out an ending to his comic book and slasher man is there trying to mimic all of the kills and then what happens after that gotta get shuttered to find out <laughs> so i think this is getting a lot of harsh criticism because don't point at me i'm not including from grubby (laughs) i said don't point at me i mean i don't know why he scored it the way he did but i know from reading the reviews that a lot of people are like you know this was trying to say like well first of all there was a whole thing about you know they put in kathy's character who's saying you know that these are people like legitimizing violence and fetishizing evil and like whatnot and and then there's the whole art thing and they're trying to say like you know separate the art from the artist from the art well not the artist but yeah the inspiration maybe and people are like you know that it was really trying to like have this whole meaning and then it turns out like it it wasn't that way but like i just i feel like if you don't take it seriously in that sense then it was a better movie Hmm. so what did you end up scoring it um let me look because i forget (laughs) well i ended up giving it a two but I'm Which not is saying, really fucking low. But I'm not though. saying that it was a bad two. I gave it a three. Huh. So if you put our scores together, it's a two and a half. It was, and it, no, it was like well done too. It was like stylish and. It was. It was done very there well. There was some comic art animation also in there. And of course, you know, they, they kind of get, you know, J- Jordana Brewster, who is not like a small name actress, and then Jay Barishaw, who is a pretty, pretty big. So, I mean, it's not like the talent, like the acting was good. The acting was really good, yes. I think that the writing, like, especially when it came to, like... I think the writing towards the end of the movie was was the biggest fault of this movie. I think the, um, like... Because I do like the whole idea of, you know, this is based... Well, this is pretty much based off of a one-issue comic from, like, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the fault of this movie for a lower score for me was how it wrapped up because after after watching it twice now i was just like this is how it ends because i didn't remember the first time how it ended and then when i watched it again i was just like what 
<laughs> I think the... I, I was left, like, clueless again. And, like I said, I like the idea of it. You know, he's a comic book writer. There's a copycat killer. I think just some of the writing was bad. Not, like, like the pacing and all that was good and what went on, but the people, the stuff that people were saying in the movie. I mean, the movie was only 80 minutes long with It credits. was fast. It was yeah. very fast. So, uh, this movie is available on Shudder. Go ahead and give it a watch if you've got nothing else going on for the next 80 minutes. On to the... Train to Busan presents... Peninsula. Listen, I got chills when that came up on the screen. I was like, oh! I tapped Grubby and I had a little shake. So, of course, you know, this is the sequel to Train to Busan. And this was supposed to play the Cannes Film Festival of 2020, but it was canceled. And of course, Train to Busan was the critically acclaimed movie that came out in 2016 that played the Cannes Film Festival. And seeing this in the theater probably was a better experience than sitting at home like some people rated I pooped my pants and cried. Oh, is that what smelled? (laughs) It wasn't the popcorn. Oh, boy. So, Peninsula. Hmm. Where do we start with this? So. Where do we go with this? (laughs) We have Gang Dong Wan. Starring as the main character, Jung Seok. Well, I will say that the thing from Peninsula and Train to Busan is, yes, it happens four years later, but there's really not a lot of similarities between the movies. No, they're completely different, okay? The one aspect that was the same was I liked how they kept the idea of this, because, you know, sometimes movies will kind of stray away from its previous predecessor if it's like a sequel, you know, or a series. But they kept the zombies the same, the look, and what made them terrifying and what could stop them. Because if you remember from Train to Busan, the dark they, they were see. yeah they were blinded in the and dark. And that still holds true, which is a big, pretty big element to this one. So, but we're here. But before you go on, though, a fifty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I think, doesn't justify this movie or a no. two-point-nine on Letterboxd. It's so good. Like. Before we really dive into this, but not spoiling it. No, let's just talk about that at the end. Okay. Okay. That's fine. But this is directed from Yan Sang Ho, who did the previous one. Yes. He just flew on the scene with that fucking movie. So good. Like, <laughs> he just flew on. Like a train. <laughs> like a train. Well, this one we get cars. <laughs> yes. So, like I was saying, this former soldier, he... So, so the reason why people... I don't know if people are hating him for this or liking it for this, but... It's very much geared to try to get more of an American audience, right? It's kind of like a blockbuster-y type. Yes. So the soldier is totally like, you know, the 1980s, 90s, like Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Van Damme type, like from Hollywood, right? From the 1980s and 90s. He's Let's like, not forget one character. What? From uh, Escape from New York. Yes. It's very much... <laughs> so this is being compared a lot to Escape to New York, and it's very true. So I, I do see the similarities to like a Mad Max Fury Road. Which and, we'll get to. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll draw some comparisons as we go on. So. so anyway, he's a soldier. He's driving his family. He's driving his sister and her husband and their son. And they're trying to escape. You know, this is back in the day still. Because this is probably... was happening. Yeah, this is, yeah they, they don't really tell you like that part, like what time era it was. But it kind of gives you this vibe of... 
shortly after this is when it like first happened right so they're driving they're driving down the road and there's this family and it's like a man and and uh, a woman who's pregnant and has a young child and they're like please help us like please please take us with you like if you won't take us at least take my little girl and he doesn't he's like you know he doesn't want to risk it and the lady's like you know shouldn't we and he's like no like we just need to keep going so what they're doing is they're going to to the boats that are going to take them to like other countries like refugee these refugees basically what's really weird though is it made it just seem like that this was only happening in korea it was north korea, korea south korea so it, in a way they kind of only south korea well, at first well they only well they, it made it seem like that they sealed off everything because you know they were taking the boat to hong kong, hong kong. and also there was a boat going to japan yeah so I do see some similarities in Peninsula to like modern day, like what's going on right now, especially with this. Well, so yeah, I was going to get to that like in a minute. Like, so, so on the boat, they get to the boat, and unfortunately, you know, there's an outbreak. One, one person in the little room has somebody has the zombie. Yeah. Which is weird (laughs) to me, though, is because in, in Train to Busan and Peninsula, the zombies get bit, or you get bit, and then you turn like within minutes. So I'm confused on how they didn't realize that guy was bit, you know, sooner. Maybe it's because he was hiding, like, his face and his, yeah, the other... I feel like he would have changed already is what I'm saying, but... Mm. Yeah, so, that, that, is, that, that does lead a little bit uh, a little bit misleading because, you know, he does that sick flip. <laughs> oh my god, yes. The zombies in this are crazy. Yeah, he does. He, like, you know, their their bodies bend funny. Like, he, like, stands up into, like, a weird He does, like, a, one hand, and then, like a one-handed handstand. Yeah, and then, like, back bends up. So, so that's going when while that's going on, Jung Seok has gone up to see like what's going on because they said that they were redirecting the boat. And then over the like walkie, they're like, you know, we have an outbreak in the lower cabin. And he freaks out because he knows his family's down there and he goes running and he goes in there. And his nephew is he got bit already. And his sister is like not wanting to leave him. And he's like, come on, we have to go, we have to go. And she won't leave. So he just he leaves, he closes and he slams the door. And like everyone in there is a zombie now. And the his brother in law comes down and is like, you know freaking out he's like my family like my family and so that's the end of that it goes forward and we're in hong kong right and this is what really reminded me of covid because we see the the ex-soldier and the brother-in-law and they're in a bar and they're in hong kong and like they're refugees right and everybody there is like they're from the peninsula like we don't want them here they're the re- like they probably have like they're the reason a disease. why the, they're the reason why right. the infection and is spreading and it's exactly like people here trying to blame covid on china so yeah that totally reminded me but what me if them. it was americans going to china and then bringing it back right see? so see this is where you look like a fucking idiot calling someone it was just fucked up so yeah. anyway <laughs> these are like you know these south korean refugees and they're just scraping by basically and they're like in the criminal underbelly of hong kong and so they decide that they're going to take on this deadly mission and they have to travel back to the peninsula and so we get another heist movie right and they're (laughs) supposed to recover this 20 million u.s dollars that were left behind in this truck in like a heist gone wrong that was the other thing that kind of confused me it's like why would you want u.s money well, Unless you were going when they to the get United it out States. of the peninsula, they can. They can use it in other places. They can transfer it and whatnot. At the peninsula, it's useless, obviously. Well, yeah, it's useless because there's nothing in the peninsula except for a wasteland. But are they using that currency to live in Hong Kong? Because are they taking U.S. dollars and not using their own currency? Unless they're planning to go to the United States? You can swap currencies. I mean, 
I don't know what the currency exchange rate is because what if it's worse? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but apparently, from what it made uh, when they when they find it, is they made it sound like the U.S. dollars were worth more. Right. So, so basically, it's the people that end up going are the soldier, his brother-in-law, who is absolutely doesn't want anything to do with him. He's like, he's not my brother. Like, you know, like. He's like, you know, it just it's it just causes pain for us to see each other, and we should just never see each other again after this. So it's those two, and then one other guy and a woman. And there's a plethora of characters, but you don't really uh, get too much into who they are. Well, we find out that the woman used to be a cab driver in South Korea, so she knows the streets, and they're like, oh, we really put together a good team. So she's like the driver, and obviously the soldier Baby is driver. He he has a lot of skills and experiences. Um, but so they get to the peninsula and they're supposed to find this truck and get out before sunrise and the other people will obviously be, you know, on the boat, like waiting for them. Because of course, you know, they have to get out before sunrise because then the zombies aren't blind anymore. Yeah. And they said, we'll, we'll, we'll travel around for three days. Like if you don't make it right away, but then we'll be gone. So basically, um, they find the truck and zombies come and, the two people besides like the two main guys the brother and the soldier they don't make it and so they're running they're fleeing he runs and he thinks his brother-in-law dies right yeah because he shields himself inside the truck with the money in it (laughs) yeah and this is like when we get the whole like escape from new york stuff and like the all the action movie tropes and allusions to like american action movies well there's also the one really not really the line like, from the Terminator. Not really. Well, yeah. Not. So 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 this car zooms up right, and this the door opens, and it's like a teenage girl, and she's like, "Hop in if you want to live." Yeah. <laughs> it was great. What's funny is I I really liked her as being the driver, the like, young teenage daughter, because it really reminded me of Baby Driver. It didn't remind me of Baby. Because driver. there was some there's some sequences in this like from the action and the car chases. They're all men. It's sort of Fast and Furious like. There there were some scenes that were like some scenes in Fast and Furious, like the truck thing. But so anyway, he gets in this car. But, but all they needed was the rock to have like a chain and <laughs> link it on to the one small loophole yes. that's like an inch long to, to attach the truck so to he, each other. <laughs> yeah, so he gets in this car and he's like, what the fuck? Like there's this teenage girl and then in the in the front seat, another little girl turns around and she's like, hi, I'm Eugene. And she's like, don't be like so nice to the strangers. Like, and he's like, what the fuck is going on? This part is really funny, actually. It's so fucking funny. Is this where, because you know, a lot of those movies like Fast and Furious, they always have like some sort of comedic twist to it. I feel like this is what the teenage daughter and the young, young daughter this was were for. This fucking funny. So she's driving crazy. And it's clear that they've obviously been living here and are used to this. And, and you know. Well, they like know their way around of everything. She's because... driving so good. She's driving down alleyways. And she does this thing with her headlights, like, where she, like, spins and flips her headlights on to get the attention of the zombies. And she she does this thing where she always, like, she puts on the main brake. What's that called? The e-brake. And fucking skids and, like, just kills, like, ten zombies at once, right? And they're just flying. And his face is just like, what the fuck? And his ass gets knocked out. Like, he pa- he gets, he passes out. Yeah, because of her driving. Because I don't think he buckled up. Yeah, so he, he ended didn't. Up he getting, knocked himself he out. He KO. <laughs> yeah, and, she, and he was like, oh, he passed out. And she was like, I told him to buckle up. So they get to this tunnel. There's too many zombies ahead. And the little girl, Eugen, is like, oh, you need me for this part. And she, like, puts out this little fucking, like, electronic, like, race car. It's remote little, control car. Yeah, it's a little remote control car that has, like, disco lights on it. Lights and, like, <laughs> sirens. And so she she uses it to lure the zombies, like, out of the tunnel so they can drive through. 
and very creative it was so cute she has they a plethora so, of them as well yeah she builds them okay <laughs> she's fucking badass they get back to where they're staying in this like apartment building and it's them two their grandfather and their mother and when the mother comes out he realizes like hey like that was the mom that i passed up on the road at the beginning of the movie who begged me to take her daughter and he's like fuck like he feels guilty right well i think we missed a point too from when they were getting the money they were being ambushed by another unit well yeah this is what happens is they they were they were about to get the truck right they had it and they were driving off and then there's all these flash bombs and they're like what the fuck so there's this like military military was this unit 631 yes yes they're like this gang (laughs) right and this is where like the kind of mad max thing comes in because it's like the whole gang of just like this dystopian bunch of Mm -hmm. lunatics wild asses Yeah. yeah from like living there they've gone crazy basically they're like mad so we see that and and the girls talk about it too they're like what the fuck were you thinking like obviously that truck was something that like they were gonna go after so they are at the apartment I'm, it's a, I don't know if it's an apartment, but that's what I'm calling it. Just um, just some a place of shelter because you know yeah every everything's pretty much looted and destroyed right. and and he tells them you know what happened. He's like no, and I think my whole team is dead. Like she's like we used to live there in the unit and and like we escaped because it was so terrible. So so they're gonna go get this money right. The family. She's like he's like you're gonna bring your girls with. She's like they're like. You know, it's all she's got. Yeah. So they have to bring almost the whole family because there's also grandpa that gets involved too. So grandpa is a little. Grandpa's demented. a little weird. Yeah. yeah. He he's talk he's always talking on this radio transmitter that lots of times isn't even on. He's trying to contact Major Jane. Yes, he's always talking to Major Jane. Like she's I'm really close with her. Like she's she's gonna come save us. I think that's where he's like he you know from being away from civiliz- uh, civilization so much that. He's become kind of delusional because there was a point where he has talked to somebody named Major Jane. And then after that, it's become like this lost frequency and it's just dead air. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and he is like, you know, he is very in his own mind sometimes because we see that part where he's like, the girls are sleeping and he's like, these are my angels. Like, I would do anything for them. And yeah, then he's like, Major Jane is going to come. Like, don't touch my radio. Yeah. Because so, uh, what's his face gets on it and he's like, don't just say it. Yeah. So before they leave, she's like, you know, he tells her, like, I saw you before. And, you know, you asked me to take your daughter. And and she's like, I don't know why you're telling me this, but now you owe my girls. Well, let's talk about the dystopian wild bunch and what they do for fun. (laughs) So these motherfuckers. So they bring back the truck with the money in it. And, uh, of course, you know, what what Unit 631 does is they're like scavengers and they go out and look for food. Right, so they're looking for food and goods and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, our unit, like... Uh, who is led by Sergeant Kevin. Huang. Yeah, he's a wild. And they all have, like, rotten teeth. Yes, I noticed that. <laughs> they all have, like, black teeth. And, and they report to Captain Xiao. Mm-hmm. And they don't know why they report to him, because he has no... He looks like, like this little wiener dork. He's like a little kid. He's not a kid, but he's just, like, scrawny, has no power. He probably has, have... like, no military background or he anything. He doesn't. They said yeah. that. He was like, you know, he's never came out here and fought. Like, why do we follow him, yeah. basically? But anyway, they, so the brother, the brother-in-law is in the truck when they open it. And he's like, I'm not from here. Like, please help me, sir. Like, blah, 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 blah. And when they, when they pull him out, they, you know, they find, uh, we get a term wild dog, which is basically anybody that's from outside their circle. Yeah. And what they do with a wild dog is they have a little fun with them. 
Yes. They they like. <laughs> did they show that in the trailer? Because I'd never watched the trailer. I don't think so. Oh. I did watch a trailer, but it didn't show much. Oh. I don't know if it was, was just. Was it a the very first trailer? one? Maybe. Yeah, because I believe like the. They, they, I'm sure that they released like one, two, and three, and one shows you a little bit, two shows you a little more, and three shows you the whole fucking movie. <laughs> right. So, so he gets numbered, right? He gets a number sixty-one spray paint on him, and he gets thrown in this trailer, and he time like, out. He gets numbered sixty-one for Park Chan Ho, Park Chan Ho from the L.A. Dodgers. Yes. <laughs> there's so, there's the a little bit of American touch to it. So I believe that was his name. <laughs> So he is in this trailer and he turns around and he's like, oh my God, because there's all these other men in there with numbers, right? And what they do is they release them every night in this game that they have where they put them in this big caged arena and then they let zombies loose for like a certain amount of seconds. It's like a couple minutes or something. It was two minutes. Yeah. And it's Chan Ho Park. So they open the door and this fucking like... I think they do show this in the trailer. Is the I was big... I was like I bet they showed this in the trailer when you're just saying that it's the big like bunch of zombies that they come out like all together and it's fucking yeah, wild. Yeah, I don't know if they're all like mutated together or they just like lashed onto each other and it's like a big giant fucking yeah. zombie like with a bunch Dang. of teeth and yeah. it, it's terrifying looking it was when it so comes cool. out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. So anyway, the brother doesn't die from that though. He makes it through the first round. So now they're like his. He's like their favorite. He, they're like cheering on number 61 and whatnot because they make bets on them. Yeah, they bet they like bet food. food and cigarettes and stuff. So <laughs> like fucking jail. It, yeah, it's like a prison gang type type ordeal where, you know, they, they want number 61 to survive. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I bet this can of beans. On it. Right. And then the funny thing, though, is when they bring the survivors back into their little corral, they're they like, you guys want you guys want food? You guys want food? Here's, Here's some feast, ramen. Yeah. And it's not even it's uncooked it's ramen. ramen. It's uncooked yeah. ramen. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so so going back then, the family pulls up and the mom and the soldier are gonna go in and they're gonna get the money and then they're gonna meet them out and they're gonna go to the port where they were all like where they were supposed to meet originally. Yes, this is where the counter heist happens because the money already got heisted. And now they're just trying to reheist it, and- <laughs> reheist it, and go back to uh, Itchium Park or Itchium Port, yeah. where uh, everything happens. So basically, after probably about the first hour of development of the story and all your character building, this is when the car chases, the zombie apocalypse happens, and some Sick. insane, batshit crazy blockbuster type atmosphere happens. But it was badass. Yeah. I loved every minute of that. So a lot of people just say that it's a run-of-the-mill zombie movie. And I get that. But I feel like being a follow-up to Train to Busan, you almost just need to separate these movies. Well, since it's a sequel and, you know, he knew everybody really liked Train to Busan and he knew the world, like, he had their attention. And that's when, like, people want to roll out the big guns and, like, make do it bigger, right? So the stunts were bigger and... It was fucking action, action, action. And he had, you know, the big, like, Hollywood... Is this kind of like what they did with John Wick? Because John Wick was, like, this small, budgeted, independent movie. Yeah, probably. And it premiered at, like, Fantastic Fest. And then now, all of a sudden, John Wick is, like, this huge franchise that's going to make tons and tons of money. Because they're doing five of them now. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, you know, and they were trying to make it more, like, accessible to, like, American audiences. But, like, I don't think that took away from it. I think you're right. Like, people are trying to compare it too much to the first one and how much human like heart it had which there it has that in this as well like what he does really well is obviously his pacing is so fucking good he has impeccable skill for pacing and balancing like the 
intense like moments of action with like these moments of like human Human emotion and 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 he's fucking funny like and he had you know the scares and like gross scary effects like and there were there were a lot more zombies in this so there were parts where there were cgi zombies well i do want to say that if people are looking for a straight up sequel to train to busan this probably gonna... isn't for you then. I mean, it is a sequel and it and it's a good one, I think. But you don't see any. You know, we're not following the characters. Yeah, from the it's first not like one. you're following the young girl and the pregnant lady afterwards. Well, mm-hmm. we might get that in that animated prequel. I'm not sure what they're really doing with that. But like this one is just a totally separate story. It's just about the dystopian atmosphere four years later of the destruction of what happened in Train to Busan. And how people want to get out of the peninsula. Mm-hmm. And I see too many negative reviews where I, I feel like, yeah, this isn't some uh, originality to it. But, you know, you add the heist. Like, remember when they made a movie called Hurricane Heist? No. <laughs> it was so fucking garbage. But this is like a zombie heist movie, I feel. I mean, it's got your action. And it does cater to those who like a Fast and Furious a a baby driver and you know you throw in the zombie elements to it and i thought it worked out really well like i when i was first reading the reviews i was i was wondering why it was not doing very well and then i think that's why too many people were saying this is not a good sequel i love it but i think that you need to separate them in order to in, enjoy it. There was another thing that spoke to me in this film, especially uh, surrounding sort of like COVID and you. Um, me? Yeah, because, you know, you're super... And, and a lot of people, you know... I they're you very, just said I was stupid. I'm no. Like, <laughs> everybody, not everybody, but there's a lot of people, including you, who are very depressed and think like our world is just absolute shit. And that's true. What's going on in the world is absolute shit. But I very much felt connected with the daughter who was like, yes like what's going on here is terrible but like since i have my loved ones with me my world isn't bad and i really felt that and it made me cry well i think there is a bit of um a little bit brighter future ahead now because you know maybe we don't know what happened the theaters are getting back open and we're we're, uh getting back in the theaters we're starting to see new movies that's not the point the point is as long as you have your loved ones with you Anywhere as can long be. as they're not yelling okay. at you for seeing movies without you. <laughs> I don't even yell. <laughs> but no, uh, what did you end up giving Train to Busan for and a half Peninsula? Four and a half. I gave it a four. I really liked it. I think you need to take the critics from Rotten Tomatoes and put them in a basket and shove them off into the ocean. That gave it a negative <laughs> review because... It's a zombie movie, and yes, there is that human emotion. There's that human touch in there that he liked to add from Train to Busan, the first one. But I also feel like his zombies are unique. I like those zombies. Like, I don't feel like I'm watching, like, a fucking Walking Dead. Like, I just enjoy it so much. I did love all the car chase scenes, even though we they just... They were sick. We literally just watched a car chase movie for 90 minutes, <laughs> which was really funny, because after watching all the heightened excitement from Peninsula, then we watched the high octane unhinged and of course obviously i loved it because it was this badass fucking 
single mom with her badass fucking daughters. The daughters were the they greatest were so part of the story. They were so badass. The three of them were so badass. The I was youngest, so obsessed. The youngest daughter in her remote control car. She was so cute, was dude. was so amazing. Like, I didn't even... Like, you don't even... The, the teenager's driving was so amazing You also. don't really feel so anything for the main character. The I don't think that's true. Not as much as you do for, like, the single mom or the oh, teenage no. daughter or, like, even the grandpa, I feel. But obviously, you know, we had this character who was like, ugh, and then, you know, he got softened because of the three women. Soft. Soft. But yes, uh, Peninsula is playing in theaters. It's playing Somewhere, on VOD. It will be coming to Shudder next year, I believe, because we got the Shudder credit. Uh, oh, yeah, we did. Dun, dun. Yeah. Which is we were talking about how which is very <laughs> cool because I like Shutter because of their five second intro where the logo pops up and it's a little violin and it just goes dun dun <laughs> dun dun and then that's it very short simplistic but yeah Peninsula is great disregard the rotten critics out there I mean it's only sitting at two point nine on Letterbox let's put it this way Fast and Furious plus zombies plus Hurricane Highs no. Take this movie, separate it from Train to Busan, and I think you, a lot of people will like it more. So, they're also kind of doing that Fast and Furious thing where they talk about, I mean, remember Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, Train to Busan presents Peninsula, so yes, it does cater to that blockbuster audience. So, It was amazing. I don't It was care. great. I will probably rent it and watch it. I'll try to see if I can get Derek to watch it this week and I'll go hang out with him. Why does that look for? I got him to watch Uncut Gems. Yeah. And Uncut Gems is a great movie. And I gave, I let him, uh, I lent him The Lodge as well. Hmm. So I told him he has six months to return it. That's a long ass time. He, uh, I get on him a little bit about watching movies. So unless I actually have to go over there and physically watch him with them, he'll eventually get to them. <laughs> so did you watch anything non-horror this week? I felt like I watched something, but I must not have. I We're still watching Buffy. We're about to hit the last season. <laughs> How many seasons are there in Buffy? Six or eight. Six or eight. Well, the only thing that I watched was Yes, God, Yes with Natalie Dyer, and it wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. Was it supposed to be funny? Yeah, I thought it was. It's supposed to be this like funny comedy coming-of-age movie, and it wasn't as funny as I thought it would be, but... The title card that pulls up when the movie first starts is... There's seven. It, it, it's like a Bible verse and then a definition of... Masturbation? No, no, no. Uh, a tossed salad and salad tossing. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would watch Yes, God, Yes. It's only like 75 minutes long. And I thought I watched something else, but apparently I did not. So, but uh, we also did watch a short film that a couple people that listen to our podcast, they are part of the Nerf Herders Studios, and it's Jonathan Shifley, and I don't know his buddy, because I'm not friends with him on Facebook. I forget his name. Uh, Do you have his name offhand, or no? No. But we watched their short film, Paralysis, and it's sort of this take on sleep paralysis, which is a total fucking nightmare right and it's only like five minutes long and i liked it for because it showed you the because sleep paralysis is where you are you can't like move yeah yeah you can't it's move like a but, nightmare, but, but you're like... awake in your mind 
and I thought it was done very well. And I look forward to some more things that they do when it's, you know, when they get a chance to do everything because COVID is putting a hamper on a lot of things. I'm sorry if I don't remember the other guy's name, but uh, you guys did a great job out there. Just wanted to give you guys a quick shout out. Uh, you can find them on Facebook at Nerf Herder Studios. I don't know if they have any other social medias like Instagram or Twitter. So look forward to see what the boys are doing in the future. I think they also have a podcast too. So anything else before we get the fuck out of here and I can put my shirt back on? Yeah, why do you always have your shirt off? I was going to try to see if I could get the other guy's name, but it's not on here. Um, sorry. Um, but as always, you can find us on social media at Instagram at Final Cut Film Reviews, and you can find us on Twitter at Final Cut Right. Our podcast is available on Spotify, Stitch Radio, and Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a five-star review and leave us a comment. That's how people can help find our small, little, low-budget podcast. Next week, we're going to be covering... What are we covering next week? That one movie where they're in the forest. <laughs> Boys in the Woods. Robin Hood? With, with a different name now. Robin Hood and Little John? No. Get Duked. Yeah, Get Duked. On Amazon Prime. The Pale Door. Yes, we will cover The Pale Door next week. We will talk about The Shed, which is available on Shudder starting Thursday. What's the big movie? New Mutants. The Marvel horror We're going to take Donut to see New Mutants. Yes, and we'll get a free bucket of popcorn. But make sure when you go to the theaters that you wear your face mask, take them off only when you're eating or drinking, and stay the fuck away from me. So, thank you as always. We'll see you next week. Sayonara.